<laughs> How come the ladies are saying, yes, he's a smart man? I didn't hear the guys saying that, right? Yeah, right. Well, you know, listen, we're in this series about making better choices, of discovering what is uh, better. And uh, last week we looked at uh, Psalm uh, 84 and uh, got our first taste of what is better. And remember, what we're doing is uh, each week we're looking at a single verse, obviously a whole lot more, but we're concentrating on a single verse that has that word better in it, and we're making that our memory verse for the week, right? So uh, this week we're going to talk about what matters in life, what's better when it comes to what matters. And uh, if you look to last week, this was our memory verse, and I, I probably, you know, I don't need to put it on the screen, right? Because you all got it. You got it down, right? Let's do it together so, so we got it one more time. You ready? A single day in your courts is better than a thousand anywhere else. I'd rather be a gatekeeper in the house of my God than live the good life in the homes of the wicked. That's where we are. Great job. Thank you so much. Now, I did highlight one part there for us because I think it, it uh, leads us into what we're going to talk about uh, today. And uh, the, the psalmist ends with that, live the good life, right? Uh, so how many in the room want to live the good life? Absolutely. You bet. We want to live the good life. The only problem is if you look at this psalm, Remember, it's about location, location, location. And where does the psalmist locate in this particular verse the good life? Unfortunately, in the homes of the wicked, right? Yeah, it's an observation for us to understand that when you get to the good life, we all may want it, but we have to define it, right? We may want it, but we got to take the time to define so what is the good life. And how you define it puts you in the location. Unfortunately, our world defines it that way. Right? The good life simply equates to more is better. Right? The more you get, it's better. Right? And so you can drive around our world and you can look at all the garages and they're wonderful two-car garages, and there's a nice small car that maybe fits into it, right? What's the problem? Well, the problem is you can see the world has a lesson it wants to teach us about what it means to live the good life. And the world defines the good life around stuff. And it comes up with a simple teaching. It says, listen, more is simply better. Better is just having more. That's what it would teach you. And so if we get more, somehow life is going to be better. And that's why we have to stuff our garages full. And when our garages get full and finally we get upset because we can't get the car in, what do we do next? We go get more space to put more stuff. So we can empty out our garages and we can refill them with more. <laughs> See how that works? Right. What's the principle? The principle is all the same. Is we're buying into an understanding of the world that would have us understand that the good life is all about simply getting more. That more is somehow better. The trouble for us today is Scripture is going to confront us. It's going to get in our face. It's going to challenge that. It's going to confront us with a def different definition of what the good life really is. And this definition is captured in Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 4, verse 6. So if you've got your Bibles, 
scurried Ecclesiastes. We're going to do some jumping around today, so it'll be a little tougher. Are you going to put out, pull out your phone and uh, get your app, whatever it is, but get the word open to yourself or just grab the handout, whatever works for you. But Ecclesiastes 4.6 says this, and this is our memory verse for the week. It says, better, better to have one handful with quietness than two handfuls with hard work and chasing the wind. You ready to say it with me so we get her down? Here we go. Let's say it together. Better to have one handful with quietness than two handfuls with hard work and chasing the wind. What's it trying to say? There's something better about simply focusing on one handful of what matters than grabbing for two handfuls of toil and chasing the wind on the stuff that doesn't matter. That's what he's saying. It's better to concentrate your life on something that matters, just one handful of what matters, than to keep grabbing for more and more of two handfuls of stuff that ultimately doesn't matter. See, the challenge for us is when the Scripture confronts us, it's going to confront us and say, how do you define the good life? And Scripture is always going to say, listen, it's about what matters. It's about what matters. You need to have more in your life of what matters and less in your life of what doesn't matter. That is a huge challenge to the philosophy of the world. I gave you the, give you the amplified version of the same Ecclesiastes verse, right? Because it, it adds a little insight, I think. It says, better is a handful with quietness, right? Better is, is a smaller amount focusing on what matters and peacefully than having two handfuls, both hands full with what? Painful effort and vain striving after the wind and feeding on it. Spending your life just on that treadmill of just racing and racing and racing, trying to get the stuff that really ultimately doesn't matter. It's better to concentrate your life on what matters, one handful on what matters, than chasing the wind, scurrying all the time, working all the time, doing overtime all the time, doing everything you can to get the stuff that really ultimately doesn't matter. You with me? If you go earlier in Ecclesiastes 4, it even gives us some motivation behind why we tend to buy into the world, why we buy into that more is better philosophy. He says in verse 4, Then I observe that most people are motivated to success because they envy their neighbors. But this too is what? Meaningless. You see that? Like chasing the wind. See, keeping up with the neighbors, having certain status in life because you live in a particular neighborhood or a particular community, this is not what matters. This is not what matters. God did not put you in the world so you could live in a particular neighborhood and have a certain standard of living that impresses everybody else. He puts you in the world for something far more meaningful than that. Solomon would observe and say, listen, that, that's a motivation, but it's just not a good one. It's meaningless. And, and we can jump into the New Testament, and we can see in 1 Timothy, where 1 Timothy would equally challenge this whole concept of, of what the world would teach us, right? Um, and he gets really serious about it. You look at 1 Timothy, he starts out in a positive. He 
He says, so if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. Right? That's what matters. Then he goes to verse 9. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. Now, there's a lot of positive. Right? Did you follow the list? Saying, listen, if you buy into this world concept that more is better, here's what can happen. And he takes it even to the extent, by the end of this, now we look at verse 10, by the end of this, he takes it, this can affect your eternity. Here's what he says. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, and some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. What have they done? They have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. How important is this issue in your life? This is so important. Because if you're living your life wandering after the wrong things, the stuff that doesn't matter, it can even affect your faith and ultimately your salvation. It's important stuff. We need to make sure that as sold-out Christ followers, we are concentrating on the one handful of what matters. Timothy affirms that. He says, yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. What's great wealth? True godliness with contentment. That's not more is better, is it? It's a whole different way of understanding what is better. See, what is better is concentrating your life on one handful of what matters. Concentrating your life on your focus on one handful of what truly matters in life than chasing the wind of all the other values and stuff that's in the world. Now, the problem for us is we may try to get close to understanding that, but we still get the world pushing against us and trying to convince us that the world is right. And, and we even got phrases around that because we always say the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence, right? Proverbs would get in our face about that one and say, well, listen, if you start walking that path, you need to understand. If you go for the more, if you concentrate your life on the meaningless more, you're going to pay a consequence. There, there is a cost involved with that. Here's what it says. Better a dry crust, a better verse, by the way, you see that? Better a dry crust eaten in peace than a house filled with feasting and conflict. You notice how it puts this abundance, feasting, along with conflict, and it puts the idea of what matters in less, one handful, a dry crust and peace together. So what he's trying to get through to us is that if you... If you concentrate on the least important things and you go after the world of what is more, you're going to have a consequence. There is going to be a cost in your life. Let me try to give this to you graphically, right? I don't know if you can see it or not, but right here, that would be like barbed wire. And right here, that would be like barbed wire. So as you look at this cow going for the grass on the other side of the fence, what is he doing to his neck? He's taking the neck in two different places, right? He's taking the neck in two different places. Now, for me, the great irony of this picture is, okay, he's going for the grass over here. 
Are you telling me that's greener than the grass over here? Not to mention, how is this guy going to get back out of here with those horns in the way? I don't see it working, right? He's just going to keep taking it in the neck. What, what's the deal? What's the point? It is just a hard truth for us to come to grips with because the world is so convinced our culture of this. But we need to understand that if we concentrate on the least important things and we go for the stuff in the world and make that the focus of our life, we will experience a cost. What does that look like? Husbands, if you spend all of your time focusing on your work and not on your marriage, your marriage is going to suffer. Wives, if you spend all your time focusing on your career and not on your marriage, your marriage is going to suffer. Husbands and wives, parents, if you spend all your time focusing on getting more and more stuff for your kids, all you're going to do is give them a bunch of stuff, but your relationship with them is going to suffer. And kids, listen to this. It's true for you too. This is ageless truth here. Kids, young people, if you spend all your time trying to do everything there is to do under the sun, so you do soccer and music and this and that and how many other things that you participate in, if you do all that stuff, your family is going to suffer. Why? Because you're not concentrating on what matters. You're not going for the one handful that is the most important and what matters. When you go for the other stuff, there is just a cost. It's just the way it is. If you look at Proverbs 15, a great just word of wisdom, it says, greed brings grief to whom? It has an effect. It affects our relationships. Now, I would guess if we'd sit down today and we would say, listen, I'll tell you what. You all have one week to live. That's it. You got one week to live. How would you use that week? Well, that would kind of sort some things out pretty fast, wouldn't it? That would bring us up pretty close and quick. And we'd start answering that question of saying, wow, what really matters? What really matters? I doubt very much if we would put on the list, you know, before I go, I want to make sure I fill in that second space in the garage with more stuff. Right? That wouldn't make the list. What would we begin to talk about? We'd begin to talk about the stuff that really matters. The one handful. The one handful that really matters. What's important for us is better. Life is just better when we concentrate on the one handful of what matters. And don't spend our time trying to grab more and more with both hands. I mean, Jesus understands this. Jesus gives us a word of warning about this. Right? And it's a hard warning. It's a straightforward warning. Comes out of Luke 12. He says, beware. Is that a warning word? That would be a warning word. Beware. Guard against every kind of greed. So there's all kinds of greed. We're not just talking about money here. It's all kinds, different kinds of greed. Different kinds of desire for more. Right? Beware. Guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. That's not what life is about. 
Life is about what matters. Life is better when you focus on the things that matter more and you focus less on the things that matter least. Get it? Let's follow it through. What matters more? What matters more? Well, the next question we have to ask is, okay, so what really matters in our lives? If you go to Proverbs 15, it gives us another better verse, okay? It says, better, better to have little with fear for the Lord than to have great treasures and inner turmoil. What's the one handful? What's better? What really matters? Well, Proverbs would challenge you and say, listen, the most important thing you can do with your life is to make sure you get more God in your life. That's what really matters. What really matters is having more and more of Christ loose in your life. And if you think about this, you know this is true. Because if you get more Christ in your life, that's going to help your marriage be better. If you get more Christ in your life, that's going to help your family be better. If you get more Christ in your life, that's going to give more direction and boundaries to your career. If you get more Christ in your life, that's going to give you a greater sense of self-confidence in who you are and, and what God can do in you and through you. You see, if you just get more Christ in your life, life is just going to be better. It's just going to be better. Because what matters most is when we concentrate on what matters most. And Proverbs would say the best first place to start is just get more Christ in your life. Get more Christ in your life. If you go into Luke 12 again, Jesus is teaching there, and he challenges, straightforward, a little story, a little parable about this concept of more here, and instead, what really is, what really does matter, right? More Christ in your life. He tells a story about a guy, a rich man, he's got all kinds of barns, he gets some fine crops, he's got so much crops, he needs to build more barns. So in verse 18, he builds bigger barns, bigger and more barns. By verse 19, he sits back and he says to himself, my friend... You have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. So what's his attitude? More is better. Exactly. Verse 20. But God said to him, You fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you work for? And Jesus follows it up with an extraordinarily challenging in-your-face statement. Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. Now, you've got to be careful with the verse. He's not knocking richly wealth. He's knocking what we value and what we make matter, right? What matters? What matters is our rich relationship with God. And if we have a rich relationship with God, how we use our earthly wealth changes it changes. Now it's not about filling a garage. It's about filling the belly of a child over in Ethiopia who has little or nothing. Now our wealth is not about filling up a storage unit. Our wealth is about making a difference in somebody else's life so they can have medical treatment that they can't afford. Now our wealth is not about all the stuff that comes in all the advertisements we get. It's about using our wealth on what really matters. You with me? 
You see the deal? One handful. One handful is better when it focuses on what really matters in life. And the place for us to start in getting better is just getting more God. Just getting more God loose in our life. And it's going to reorient how we view life, how we think about life, and what we perceive to be what really matters. If you look again at Ecclesiastes 6 or a couple chapters beyond, uh, Ecclesiastes 6 says, Being satisfied with what you have is better than always wanting more. That doesn't have any meaning either. It's like chasing the wind. See, it's challenging to say, listen, give up the always wanting more and be able to look at what God is doing and can do in your life right now. I mean, somehow we convince ourselves, you know, if I just had a... a, a wife like so-and-so down the street, boy, my life would be really great. Or if my husband were just as good as that husband, you know, at work, he'd be, boy, man, my life would be really good. We always find ways to convince ourselves that something else is better when what's right in front of us is the avenue to better. What's right in front of us is the avenue to better. You look at uh, Philippians 4, and Paul he, he gives us the living example in his own life of what this looks like. Ready? He says, now that I was, Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to li- live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it was a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. What matters with Paul? You see, he's got so much God working in his life. He he can deal with whatever the situation is. He's got so much of what matters in his life that he can deal with however it goes and whatever the stuff that doesn't really matter, however that turns out. He is so focused on what really matters. And it's the same lesson Jesus gives us in Matthew 6, saying, listen, go for the one handful, just get more God in your life, concentrate on what matters, and as you concentrate on what matters and you get more God in your life, life is going to make a whole lot more sense and be better. He says it this way, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he'll give you everything you need. Notice that first word there. It says, seek. Some of you need to do some soul-searching and some seeking. You need to go home today, hear this message today, go home today and start doing some evaluating if you're really doing what matters in your life. Some of you need to go home, sit down, look at your budget, look at your finances, look at your credit card bills, and start deciding it's time to put your financial house in order and say, I'm going to use my finances for what matters. And I'm, stop gonna, I'm gonna stop building up my debt. I'm gonna stop using and buying all this stuff. And instead, I'm gonna reorient my budget. I'm gonna get my financial life in order and do what matters with the money that God gives me. Some of you need to go home today and you need to open up the garage door and do what? Clean it out. Get rid of it. Simplify your life. Just go ahead and say, look, this stuff isn't what matters in life and just move it out. Go to the storage unit and say, I'm done. I want to end my contract and get rid of that stuff. 
because you don't need it. It's not what matters. Some of you need to sit down this afternoon with your calendar. You need to look at your calendar and say, you know what? I'm tired of wasting my life on meaningless. I'm going to reorient how I live my life and where I give my time. And my time's going to go to my spouse. My time's going to go to my kids. My time's going to go to what God wants me to do. My time's going to be about what matters. You see, that word seek is an intentional word. It means you need to be able to take some action in your life. What I want to encourage you today is to just listen to what's better and decide to take the step that you need to take in order to do what's better. Just hold on to this truth. Grab hold of this one handful of truth and just understand, listen, it's better. Your life is just going to be better. It's just going to be better if you grab one handful of what really matters in life instead of spending your time grabbing more and more with two handfuls. Go home today. Sit down as a family. Sit down as a, as a husband and wife. Just sit down in a quiet place by yourself, whatever you need to do, and start asking the real question. What matters? What matters to you? What would God say ought to matter in your life? And when you answer that question, life's going to start changing. And life is going to get better. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the challenge this morning. Uh, that we have hope our lives can be better, that uh, they can move in a better place, in a better direction. If we start just absolutely, completely listening to you and uh, giving up on listening to the world. We know stuff's not bad. We just know that we don't always uh, acquire it for the right reasons, that we let it take over our lives instead of staying focused on you. And so today we ask that you would just... uh, Just let the Holy Spirit work to convict us this morning that we can grab for just the one handful of what really matters in life. Focus on that. Get more of you in our life. And in so doing, understand really what's better and what's most important. So just speak to us today. Use the rest of this day to do your work in our lives. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.